The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, the U.S. Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. And this is an emergency. Adam Gase has been fired. Podcast. Joining me to break it down and talk about what the Jets might do in the future. The one, the only John Breach. What's up, buddy? Brinson, you're wearing your green shirt. Adam Gase has probably thrown all the green out of his closet. He's never been caught dead in green ever again. And I'm, and I'm wearing my golf hat because that's what Adam Gase is going to be doing for a while because he's not going to be coaching anytime soon. Although Gase is the type of guy who's regarded in the coaching community to a degree that you would assume he'll end up as a, like, I mean, probably an offensive coordinator. Um, uh, there's a hundred percent chance Gase will have a job. Uh, we have our emergency Gase gets hired as a college offensive coordinator podcast in July. Uh, this is no, I mean, I, this is such a, I mean, it's obviously a huge story. I mean, like the Jets fired their coach, but it was so obvious that it was going to happen that to be perfectly frank, um, I, I, I wondered whether Debo would even want to do an emergency podcast on Gase. I mean, obviously, you know, we, we ended up doing it. Um, Gase two years in New York, uh, after three years with the Dolphins. He was fired from Miami for after going 23 and 25. He went nine and 23 because they got hammered by the Patriots on Sunday. Um, nine and 23 over two years with the Jets, including a horrific, uh, two and 14 season that didn't even manage to net them the number one overall pick. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what else there is to say about, I mean, I don't want to like linger on Adam Gase's tenure too long. I will just point out that, you know, in, in his two years, uh, Sam Darnold regressed or didn't spend a ton of time on the field. Um, the offense this year, uh, was anemic at best, uh, ranked 32nd in, uh, yards and points across the NFL coming into, uh, week 17. He routinely would give Frank Gore like 15 to 20 carries a game. Frank Gore is uh, literally older than I am, I think. And, you know, we didn't really see any development of players on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, Makai Becton, their rookie tackle, played really well. Uh, but maybe you give Joe Douglas a little more credit for picking him. And now, and, you know, so Douglas is sticking around, it does seem like. Yeah, and, and don't forget, Adam Gase started the year on a 13-game losing streak. It looked for sure like this team was going to go 0-16. And, and you know, if you're going to go 0-16, go out, all out, get that number one pick, that transformative pick, that Trevor Lawrence pick. But nope, Gase couldn't even do that correctly. He had to go and win two games against the Rams and Browns. So you lose that. 
And it was, it was a tantalizing thing. I feel like, you know, when Gase got hired, there were a couple raised eyebrows. I don't think anyone. <laughs> are you being, are you, are you, I thought you were making a bun. Remember Gase's opening. Giant press eye, press the, the giant googly eyes. Yeah. Like it's, it's been a, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think the, the thing about Gase, it felt dumb by the Jets. Like he, he, he's not a good fit for the New York media market. You know, that's not his style. And he, you'd already seen him not succeed in the AFC East. And so why would you double down on and uh, hoping that he could pull it off with the Jets? Yeah. It didn't seem to make any sense at all. And, and really it was his, his tenure was kind of a tease too. Cause you look at, you know, people grading the higher probably said it was a C, you know, he was almost a 500 coach with the Dolphins. They could have done better than Gase. The Jets could have, they could have done worse. Um, and you know what? He went seven and nine in 2019. You know, that's not great, but when you're coming off a four and 12 season like the Jets were, it gives you confidence going forward that you did hire the right guy. But then also all those Gase red flags were sticking out of that 2019 season. Like you said, uh, Sam Darnold didn't develop their offense ranked, I think dead last in uh, 2019. It wasn't just 2020. And so when you look at that, you're like, all right, well, it's dead last. It can't get any worse. And then it somehow got worse in 2020 because they ranked dead last in points scored. I think they were 31st in 2019. So it was just a total disaster. He lost control of the ship by about, you know, week six or seven. I think by week 10, we all knew he was fired. And here we are after week 17 doing this podcast because it took this long for the Jets to announce it. But you know, the, the one thing you can say about Adam Gase, not the worst coaching hire in the 2019 uh, coaching class. <laughs> Thanks to Freddie Kitchens, who was fired uh, last offseason. I mean, it really is kind of a stark comparison, though. You know, I know, I know they're not they're not going to make the playoffs, but the Dolphins hired Brian Flores uh, in that same coaching uh, uh, stretch, and your 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 boys uh, hired uh, Zach Taylor. Well, t- you know, TBD. But like, get, I don't know, Gase. It, it was just never. It never felt like it was going to work out, even when they made that decent little run uh, down the stretch last year. And then when you saw the way that they were getting rid of players and they trade Jamal Adams, you knew this year was just not going to be a good one for the Jets. And this next hire, man, is pretty huge. I mean, they need to – like, I think Joe Douglas, and we have a limited body to work with here, the GM – has been there for a year, right? And he's had one draft and he's had one free agency period. But I've been very impressed with what he's done in terms of assembling personnel. It seems like he has a good idea about how to approach this. Um, and now he's going to have to deal with what to do with Sam Darnold. I mean, I guess what, what comes first for you when you think about this next move for the Jets? Is it, I mean, do you try and find a coach who can, Help Sam Darnold. I mean, do you, I mean, you know, th- th- that's such a a tough juxtaposition that they have to deal with with the quarterback and the, and the coaching situation. Yeah, it really is because you can't bring a coach in the interview and like give them a choice and say, "Hey, look, do you think do you want to try and develop Sam Darnold, or should we go and use this second overall pick on a quarterback?" Because then that puts the coach in a tough position because maybe Joe Douglas is leaning toward keeping Darnold and that coaching candidates like, yeah, we're getting rid of Sam Darnold. I want to bring my own quarterback in here. Uh, you know, I think Adam Gase ruined Darnold. He's got him seeing ghosts. Nobody knows what they're doing. I don't want that guy on my team. So I think it's one of those things where, you know, Joe Douglas might be the personnel guy, but I think when it comes to picking who your quarterback of the future is, you have to give the coach a lot of say in that. Because he's going to ride or die with whoever that quarterback is. If the quarterback's not good, then, you know, that coach is going to get fired. So I think you just ask the head coach what they want to do. 
and 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 go that route. This is the one decision Joe Douglas should make. He should hire the coach and then let the coach decide what he wants to do at quarterback. Yeah, or at least collaborate with him. I think yeah, that's collaborate. Big, yeah. But I mean, that's one of the big things the Jets have not had in. I mean, I get probably dating back to Rex Ryan and Mike Tannenbaum. And, they, you know, you can say whatever you want about those guys, but they were on the same page. They were working together. They did make it those two straight AFC championship games. Like since then, the Jets have had a revolving door of coaches and GMs, none of whom were hired in concert with each other. Like Rex Ryan and John Itzik hated each other. You know, they couldn't work well together. And then Mike McCagman comes in and, you know, he fires Todd Bowles and he's got Adam Gase. All of that is just it's just not how you operate an organization. And so I think it's really important that they find somebody who is in lockstep with Joe Douglas in terms of what they want to do, how they want to build a program and how they want to develop their quarterback and who they want to develop their quarterback, some candidates to consider. And I'll be very curious to see if the, uh, if this team goes with offense or defense, because a lot of times we see teams go with the ex-girlfriend theory, as I like to call it. Um, and you, and you reach out and you go with a defensive guy after hiring an offensive guy, but um, you know, we haven't seen Joe Douglas hire a coach. So I don't think it's, you know, if this were a second coach, maybe it would be different. Um, Eric Bieniemy is an, is a natural name that has to pop up. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator, um, Doug Peterson, Matt Nagy, probably not helping his calls a ton this year by not making the playoffs. And well, I guess the Bears made the playoffs, but by not being, you know, great offenses in Chicago, Philadelphia and Chicago, respectively, because now people are sort of questioning whether or not uh, you want to hire an Andy Reid protege. And then uh, Arthur Smith has been uh, bandied about out there as a possible offensive name as well. And Don, uh, let's see, defensively, Matt Eberflus is a guy you could look out for. Uh, Brandon Staley, I saw NFL.com mention him as a possible candidate. And, uh, I'm trying to think who JLC mentioned in his article as well. Oh, Brian Dable, uh, from the Bills, the Bills offensive coordinator could certainly be an option. Dan Mullen mentioned by both JLC and, uh, NFL.com as a can- possible candidate for the Jets stop. That's kind of shocking to me. I mean, it feels like, and JLC mentioned this, that before the Jets hired Gase, they looked to go the college route. You know, they got pretty close with Matt Rule. That was the one that got blown up, or was it the Bay Rock? It was, they got close with someone and they couldn't agree on the coaching staff. Yeah, it was Matt Rule. Okay, it was Matt Rule. And so the Jets nearly sealed the deal with a college coach and I could see them wanting to go that route again because when you're starting from scratch, kind of like the Jets will be doing to have someone from college who has to build a program from scratch and make it successful, that's kind of what you want to do. So I think that, you know, we saw. Uh, JLC mentioned Pat Fitzgerald in his reporting on Sunday. I think that's an interesting name. We saw Matt Campbell from Iowa State be mentioned. Uh, you just said Dan Mullen. I think any of those would be very interesting names. I wouldn't be surprised if all three of those guys get interviews. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, I know we always throw his name out, and sometimes we laugh about it, sometimes we don't. But if he wants to go back, I don't care if he signs a 10-year extension with Michigan. I'm sure Michigan would gladly kind of say, hey, man, if you want to go, it's fine with us. Uh, with the way he's been doing there. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if off the Jets hired a college coach. Yeah. I Mullen coming up in multiple outlets is really interesting. I, I don't know if he's maybe he's, you know, it's possible he's looking for an extension and he's trying to, you know, bump up his name. And he had a really good year in Florida anyway. So I, I don't know why he would be worried about that outside of that LSU loss. Pat Fitzgerald, that feels like, I mean, this guy has turned down every job to stay at Northwestern. The idea that he would go and coach the Jets to me is pretty crazy, but I do think the presence of Joe Douglas will matter a lot. I mean, like people in and around the league really respect Joe Douglas as a, like a blue collar football guy. 
and someone you're going to work with. You know, this is not some sort of GM candidate who you know, is trying to make, get, you know, try to turn into a Game of Thrones situation. Like a guy who's just well respected for how hard he works and how, and how he approaches the job. So maybe that's enticing for Pat Fitzgerald. Same thing for Matt Campbell. You know, like I don't think he would leave unless there was a really good opportunity. And, you know, with those guys, you would have to assume that, you know, they, would want to collaborate and have a say in what they do at the quarterback position. Um, and it's very possible that you know, they like Sam Darnold. We don't, we don't know, or it's possible they like Justin Fields. We'll have to see maybe Zach Wilson. Um, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of options for him there, uh, in terms of the quarterback position. Any other, uh, what else do we need to add to this? This feels like the most straightforward coach firing of all time. Yeah, it really does. And I will say the one thing is that. Walking into this division, you're now in an AFC East that's at least winnable. You know, like Good point. in the past, it was always, my God, the Patriots are going to run us over. And yeah, the Bills looked awesome this year, but it's a winnable division now. You're not just going to get slaughtered. I think it's a job that people are going to want. Uh, one more. I'll throw one more thing out there. And since Devo's on, I don't know if Devo's muted or not, but, um, is there, well, I just wonder if there's a chance that, you know, I mean, Joe Douglas came from Philly. Not a lot of, not a lot of positive buzz about our pal Doug these days. I mean, is it possible that they could orchestrate some sort of trade? Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson? Breach, I, I want to hear. I'm just kidding. You can't get both of them. You would send the, I guess you would send Doug or maybe you trade Carson. I don't know. Breach, what type of pick would it would require? We, we heard from the mailbag, you know, Gardner Minshew requires a third round pick. What does Doug Peterson require? Uh, just for the record, we also heard that Carson Wentz would require a first round pick, which got equally mocked on Twitter just as much as the Gardner Minshew third round proposal. I should have you know this, Debo. Uh, Doug Peterson would be, uh, Philly would be glad to get him out the door if they want to keep Carson Wentz. I don't know if they do. And they'd say, you know what? Send it, write us a check for like five million to, to write off uh, part of Carson's contract and we'll give you Doug Peterson. Can you buy a coach out? Can you do that? You buy out his contract. That's what the that's, that's what the Eagles say. It's like if you're Philly, if New York was interested. I mean, obviously they would have to be, and Joe Douglas would want to want Doug Peterson. But I mean, you know, if you have to decide between Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson, well, I mean, you know, if, if you're even thinking about that, then you have at least like like you know you you're not you're not clearly in the the car the, uh, the the Doug Peterson camp, right? So. If you're, if you're willing to listen to the idea, you, you could, you wouldn't have to buy out Doug Peterson, pay him. You wouldn't have to pay him because the Jets would be paying him and you would be able to move forward with Carson Wentz and hire somebody else to come in and develop him. I, I don't know that it's realistic. But I think fun. you have to listen. I think the Eagles have kind of decided, it seems like at this point that they're leaning more towards Doug than, than Carson and the front office and the ownership is putting more of the blame on 2020 on Carson Wentz than Doug Peterson, which I don't know is entirely fair, but you, you have to listen to, to something like that if it's an enticing enough offer to pry away. And then you, you look out at all the, the head coaching candidates that are out there that could fulfill Doug's role. Okay. Uh, right now, be, uh, right now, if I know we got a lot of time to talk about draft, but number two overall pick, which way would you go if you were the Jets? Um, if I had the number two overall pick and I'm the Jets and I'm Joe Douglas, and it depends on who you hire, of course, but I mean, I would rather, I think I would rather gamble on trying to fix Sam Darnold and trade the number two overall pick for a bunch of other picks. Because the the haul you can get from uh, trading the number two overall pick 
is substantially greater than the haul that you would get for trading Sam Darnold. Um, I, I haven't watched enough of Zach Wilson to know how I feel about him, but certainly a, an interesting prospect. I don't, I, I, and I say this having just lost my bigs to, uh, you, uh, to, uh, to Ohio State. You don't um, like Justin Fields. We know that. Yeah. I don't, I don't really love Justin Fields and he made me pay financially on Saturday, uh, in the, uh, in the, in the, in the college, in the college football playoff game. But so I, I don't know. That's, I think it's, uh, I think it's a little, uh, it's a tough, it's a tough call, but I think I would go with Sam Darnold. And I, I, I agree with that, Prince. I think if you have a big trade haul, uh, why not take it? Cause you need to build your entire roster and, and Sam Darnold's a competent quarterback. So unless you think Justin Fields or whoever the second quarterback taken is absolutely, uh, head and shoulders better than Sam Darnold, you know, cause they might be a little bit better, but you also have to develop them. And then, you know, you're almost back at square one because of what they don't develop well. And so I feel like if you get two or three draft picks out of the number two pick, then you've got more depth. You've got Sam Darnold. You've got a new coach. And that probably gives you a quicker chance at success. Uh, so I guess, for instance, if we ran a team, I know we'd be doing trading that pick. Well, I would, I would just look back to the Sam Darnold trade. You know, um, the Colts had the number three overall pick. The Jets uh, had the number six overall pick. And they swapped first, and the Jets sent two second-round picks from that year, 37 and 49, and a second-round selection from 2019, which I believe ended up being Rocky. Yeah, ended up being Rocky Asin. So you come away with Quentin Nelson, Rocky Asin, and uh, they traded down in the second round. But they, oh, oh, freaking Darius Leonard, they got in the second round. Um, Braden Smith, they got with one of their picks. Uh, I think Darius Leonard was with their own pick, but you get the point. Like the Colts are a playoff team that was a ter- they were a terrible football team. They were in the playoffs. They have a really good roster right now, and Chris Ballard made that trade with the Jets so they could come get Sam Darnold, and it really boosted his roster. And I think the Jets are in sort of the same spot where if you could get a bunch of picks like second-round picks from somebody to move up and maybe an extra first or something like that, it could really set you up over the long haul. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, but it is, it's a lot to digest for any incoming coach. And there's a lot of big decisions that the Jets have to make. And, you know, they're a team that has not made a lot of correct decisions when it comes to big decisions. So that's why this one's going to be important. Well, the next coach will be, uh, probably, will probably find him soon. Of course, we'll have a, <laughs> his first job is to fix all, he's got to clean up all the crap Adam Gase left around the house and uh, figure out what to do with Sam Donald. And of course, we will have emergency podcast for all firings and hirings as they go down so make sure to subscribe rate and review thanks for listening reach i'm brinson later the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived thanks to the visionary minds of new balance clutch athletics and rich paul the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community with rising defensive stars will anderson and chase young on the roster clutch athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com.